This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Welcome back everybody, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, where is... Ay, 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 ay. Okay, so we're going to start off with the Avas Chaim. We're going to start off with the Avat Chaim, who says the following. Says like this. The passing starts off. If you're going to buy an Eved Ivri, he's going to work for six years. In the seventh year, he goes free. If he comes in alone, he goes out alone. About If he's married, so when he gets freed, his wife gets. He goes out with his wife. But in my daughter, you don't want Isha. We all the Lord born him. If his master gave him a wife, a shifcha, and he has children, they go to the master. But he has some begapa, he has to leave him there. But if he says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I don't want to go free. And they bring him to the bezdin, and they, they make a hole in his ear, and he stays until Yavol. Zot the Avas Chaim. Kisikne Ebed Ivri. The puzzle should have said, if he bought an Eved that's a Jew. No, if he bought a Jew that became an Eved, because a Jew is not normally an Eved, right? So the Ivri should come before the Eved. So, <coughs> the puzzle says, that Akash Baruch says that we are his Avandim. So he says like this. He says, we're really talking, we're really talking about a person's life. We're talking about a person's life. Let's turn off this phone. Is this, uh, yeah? Okay. So we're talking about a person's life. If a person, he says, a person works for 60 years, and he's in pain. He doesn't know about what's going to happen to him. If he doesn't die after 60 years, and he ends up being 70, it seems to be that if he lives at least 70 years, he's free from Chibet HaKever. That's what he says. That's what he says. If he has in Bal Ishahu, he's married, he has children and houses and money. What's he going to take with him? You can't take anything with him. The Tachrichim that a dead person has has no pockets. You know that, right? When he comes to the world, he comes into the world as a baby, he has nothing. So, person comes in without anything. And he goes out without anything. And what is considered a person's wife in this world? Ain't Isha el And Isha in the spiritual world is the Torah. He was able to learn Torah. When he leaves the world... The Torah goes with him, and the Torah tells him, don't worry, I'm with you. Because we know that Torah saves you. And it says, 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 Torah saves the in the darkness of death, the Torah lights up a way and helps him be saved. So he says the following. Following Marshall. 
He says, it's more from a sefer called Kisei Rachim. I believe the Kisei Rachim is written by the Chida. I think. And he says the following. Maybe I'm wrong. One day, a person gets a letter from the king, and the king orders him to come to the palace. It's like an, it's like an IRS audit. He had four friends. Four good friends. Three of his friends chilled and hung out with him. They were his posse, right? And they hung out with him all the time. And one showed up once in a while. That was best friend, right? I went up last yesterday to the ranch. Mitz Shem, we're opening within the next four weeks. Finally, it's gorgeous. It's like magnificent. I called all the horses together. Uh, they were all like two. They were each one within a different paddock. I went up to them and said, "Listen, horses, let me talk to you for a minute. Why were you chosen? You ate. Mitz Hashem. In a few weeks, there's going to be girls, Jewish girls, broken girls, girls who had no hope." And they're coming up to this special place that Hashem gave us. Why you eight horses were chosen? There's thousands of horses in the world. It's because it's a tikkun for you. I don't know why you're here, but you're about to help some Jewish girls. So I said, if if what I'm saying is true, shake your head. None of them shook their head. Anyway, <laughs> so everything in this world is here for a reason. So you have these three friends. And... There's this one guy that shows up every once in a while in your house. Okay? So, <coughs> this guy's very nervous. She says, listen, I gotta go to the king. You're not gonna let me go alone, right? Would you let me go alone? Would you let me go alone? You lost your voice? You don't wanna be on the, you don't want anyone to know that you're learning tonight? Would you let me go alone? If they call me, President Trump said, I wanna see you right now. You gonna let me go to Washington by myself? You're not gonna come with me? Of course you're going to cover me. How about if I go to an IRS audit? Yeah, I'm on my own. I'm on my own. Okay, thank you very much. So, anyway, so he goes to his first friend, and he says, The king just sent for me. I'm scared. He would go with me anywhere. Anywhere he would go with me. You won't go with me anywhere? I know you much longer than him. Okay, I know who your friends are. Anyway, would you go anywhere with me? 100%. To the end of the world? I just controlled Syria, let's go. You what? I just controlled Syria. He's not joining No, 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 I'm not going there. <laughs> I'm not that good a friend of yours. You're a good friend of mine. Okay, <laughs> anyway. So, he said, I'm scared. Tabba Ibi, come with me. I'm alive. He said, listen, I'm your friend, but I need Karatsni, I'm human. I'm flesh. I'm not going to let you go yourself. I'll stand out. I'll walk you to the outside gate. Okay? <coughs> he said, I don't need you to walk me to the outside gate. That's not what I need. Okay, I'll, I'll ask my other friend. So he asked his second friend, The king sent for me. I'm scared to go by myself. Come with me. I'm I, I can't talk to the king. I stutter. But because I love you, you're my man, you're my best friend, because I love you, right? I'm going to give you beautiful clothing. When you stand in front of the king, you're going to look good. And even though it could be that the people who are going to bring you to the king are going to steal the beautiful clothing, so I'm still giving it to you. So I don't expect you to get him back, right? I'm your good friend. I'm giving you beautiful clothing. No, he said, I don't need you to walk me to the gate and I don't need clothing. I need you to go with me to the king. So he said to, he said to his third friend, best friend, and he said, the king wants me. He said, I'm really sorry. I don't have nice clothing. And I cannot walk you to the courtyard of the king. 
There's no way I'm going into the room where the king is. Poor guy, right? You find out who your friends are. When you find out who your friends are, when you a friend in need is a friend indeed, right? You should never know. Okay. I guess I gotta go myself. This guy, this, this guy's scared of this, this guy's scared of that, this guy doesn't have clothing, this guy has clothing, but nobody's going with me to the king. He leaves his house, and he's never going to the king by himself. And he meets the fourth friend that shows up every once in a while. So the fourth friend says, Yididi, my love, my buddy, my man. Where you going? Where am I going? I'm going to stand in front of the king. Hey man, why are you all by yourself? Where the boys? Where your buddies? You have three much better friends than me. They're so close to you. They're always hanging out with you. So he told the fourth friend that he only saw once in a while. Every one of them had a different answer why they weren't going. So if that's the case, why don't you call me? I'm your fourth friend. Why don't you call me? So he said, I was embarrassed. You're never there. We don't really know each other. So I'm going to ask you to do this. I made a kabachayma. If my best friends that always hang out with me, and I was willing to give up my life for them. They said that they're not willing to go for me. Koshikane, you, who are my fourth friend, only show up once in a while, of course you're not going to go with me. Right? He said, no, I'm going with you. He says, that's the marshal, what's the nimshal? Oh, the mitzvah, the Person goes through a lot of pain in this world. He built houses and storehouses and painted. And he works hard to bring food to his family. He works in the snow and the ice. He puts his life in danger because he wants to feed his family. Right? Every once in a while, he opens a safer, but most of his life is either chilling with his boys or working. Pit time all of a sudden. All of a sudden. And the Yom HaMisa, the day he's going to die, the king says to the person, it's time for you to get to come to the king. So he says to his family, do me a favor to buy evil of Please come with me to the king. Beg him to save me. Abram, the family says, We love you, Dad. We love you, Mom. We love you, sis. We love you, brother. We love you, grandfather, grandmother. Right? See, I'm a poet. But I'm not jumping into the grave with you, man. Ah, I'll go to Leviah. I'll go to the grave. We'll put you in it. Well, I'm not going into the grave. I, I'm 35 years old. I'm a young guy. I'm not jumping into the grave. Right? Sorry, Zadie. So we're going to come to the Chatzah like the first friend. We can come to the grave. We're human beings. We can't stand in front of Hashem. Okay. So you guys don't want to go with me? Who's my best friend? Who do I spend the most time with? Who do people spend the most time with? Now it's their iPhone, but... With their money! So they come, he comes to his money, to his house, to his car, to his brand new car, to his house, to his, to his safe deposit box, to his bank account, to his 40 houses in Manhattan, to all his billions of dollars. He comes to them, and he says, Oh, please go with me in front of Hashem. And the money says, I'm really sorry. But we don't talk. Money doesn't talk. Even though money talks. But money doesn't talk. And you're out of asylum. Can't go with you. But, the third friend says, I can't go to the king, but I could buy you nice clothing. So you could use me, right, the money, to buy a plot in, in the Beisak forest. And the Tachrichim, right, 
That's all we can do. And you left naked without anything. Then he talks to his houses, his real estate, his dime, whatever he's, whatever business he's in. He says, "I need to rock the house. That's going to be through him. You know how long I worked to build you. And you're always next to me. I'm always busy. I'm busy. My phone. I'm business calls and conference calls and money and money. Right? So I'm busy with you all the time." Right? Every day, every minute, I'm alive. We're money. We can't help you. So his family can't help him. Money might buy him tachrichim, some clothing to be buried in, right? Pay for the, for the burial plot. The money in the houses can't come with him. So it's very scary, and the shaman has to go to the king by himself. Ah, when they bring him to the grave, the terror comes to him. And the terror says to the Neshama, where are you going? And he says, I'm on my way to meet the king. Today the king called me to give din v'cheshmen. The terror says to him, why did you ask me to come with you? I'm a lawyer. He says, because you're not my best friend. Because I'm not busy with you all day. And he says, surely my business, not my iPhone all day long, I'm making money, I'm investing, I'm busy. Surely my business that I put 24-7 or 6, and I give it all that attention, and it can't help me. My family, that I give them all the other attention. And they can't help me. You, who once a week, I opened the safer. I learned an hour a day. I was in business 15 hours a day. I learned you an hour a day. I'm like, why would you come help me if all these other things can't help me? So I didn't call you. Once in a while, I learned an hour or two hours. Or three hours on Shabbos. Says the Torah, where are all your friends? They didn't come with you? I'll go with you. The Torah, your Torah, and your mitzvahs, that's what stands up to, in, at the, at the Bethlehem Shamayla, that's the only thing that stands up for you. So now let's look at the Pasuk. He lived 60, 70 years. And he's going, he's going to the next world. If you come in alone and you didn't learn any Torah in between, you go up there with nothing. You could have $20 billion in the nicest house, and the nicest car, and the nicest family. You don't go with your family. You don't go with your car. You don't go with your money. Says the Torah, that in the 70th year, because that's the normal age of a human being before he dies. So, you're gonna go lechav shechinam, you're gonna go free, you're gonna go up to the next world. You came into the world and you didn't do any learning or any taira, you're gonna go out alone, cause all the other three friends are not going with you. Imbal ishu! If you learn taira! You hear? You hear, you hear, you hear? But let's say chas shalom, not for anyone that's in this room, but let's say, Chas Shalom. not only you don't have Torah, but your whole life was full of Taiva, things you shouldn't look at, things you shouldn't do, things you shouldn't eat. Your whole life was about partying, your whole life was about fun, so you are slave to your addictions. In my doing of Yitin Isha, if the master gave you the wife, here the wife does not mean Taira. If you belong to the Satan, and he is your master, and you did all these ugly things, and there's, 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 there's product from it, whatever it is. Right? You made money, you did things your whole life, you wasted your life. They don't, they don't belong to you. You think that when you do an Aveira, all this stuff, it's yours. It's not yours. All those things that you gathered, you're going to go out alone. It belongs to the Satan. 
like we talked about the gambling, the money that you make, stealing and doing things you're not supposed to, that belongs to the Satan. If you're a slave to the Satan and you say, I have to, say, I love him. He, because of him, because of the Satan, I'm having so much fun. Girls and drinking and all movies and I'm having a party. I have to, say, I love him. It's Ishti, it's Banai. Lo Eitzechavshi. You're not free. You'll never get free. Yigisha Adonav al-Alakim. Yigisha al-Adelta mezuzah. And they're going to put your ear by the mezuzah. They're going to make a hole. Va'avadai la'olam. You'll serve him forever. It's very tough. Beginning of Mishpatim. It's following Yisro, which is talking about Yisro is talking about Matan Torah. So the main thing here is that you need to be a Bali Isha when you're in this world. Okay. I want to read you unbelievable Baruch Hashem that I, have a, that I give a share. If I didn't give a share, I wouldn't prepare. If I didn't prepare, I wouldn't see all these things. He says something very beautiful here. So we talked about, we always talked about, and I've been talking about a lot, that by helping others, you're helping yourself. And by using your pain that you've gone through your trauma in life to help others, in the end the trauma becomes something positive. Because had I not had that trauma, I wouldn't have done what I did. So now when I go back to what happened to me, I'm like, I, 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 I wouldn't be the man who I am. So if, if I had a choice, it would happen to me again. So he says like this, beautiful. In the first, Registan Choma. So there's a halacha like this. In this week's parasha it says, that if you see your enemies, your enemies, your enemies, donkey, and it's it's collapsing underneath its load, right? So in the midst of these, you have to help them. You have to help them, right? So he says the following. Right? You have to help them. He says like this. The passing says, that God established fairness. What does this mean? Rabbi Alexandri says, I'm reading you the Medjah it can be demonstrated by two donkey drivers who are going along the road and they hated each other. Each guy hated the other guy, right? The donkey of one of them was crouching beneath its burden when the other one passed by and observed that it was it was collapsing. This donkey had too much on it. It was overpacked and it was collapsing, but it was his enemy. Go, you know, let your donkey drop dead. What do I care? But this, it says in the Pasuk, right? He said to himself, said the father, when you see your enemy's donkey crouching on this burden, you shall surely help him. Azif Tazavimai. So what did he do? He had no choice. He went back to help him load the animal better. And then escorted him. He began conversing with him. So he fixed the animal, and now they're walking together. But he hates him. But he began to talk to him. And he said, Listen, you know, I'm also a camel driver. The reason that your camel is breaking down is you need to raise it up here. You need to go a little bit on the side. You need to repack it, okay? Until he ended up loading it with him. Azev Tazavim is very important. Oh my gosh, I could talk about this all night. It's very important. Listen very carefully. We are talking about a donkey, not a human talking about a donkey and the donkey is overloaded and you hate the owner of the donkey the halacha and the mitzvah and the Torah is azayv tazayv imo you don't have to fix the donkey unless the owner of the donkey is willing to be a partner in helping his own donkey be fixed if the guy says to you, hey, Wallstein, can you reload my donkey? And I'm like, okay, you're going to help me? He's like, no, I'm going to sit down and have a drink. You, the halakha is you don't have to help him. He has to help you together. Now, I tell this all the time. So, surely, if someone I hate has a donkey, it's a donkey, it's an animal, and it cannot carry its burden... If you see another Jewish kid or another Jewish person and they can't carry their burden, they're cutting, they're not eating, whatever depression, anxiety, whatever they're going through. The halacha is, surely if you have to help a donkey with its burden, you surely have to help a human being with its burden. 
But, that's only if the human being is a partner in the help. In other words, if the person says, no, Grandma, you do everything for me. You do everything for me. No, that doesn't work. You have to, I can coach you, but you have to do the work. You have to get on the court. So I'm the coach, and you're the player, and I'm going to coach you. So my school, my, my BCA school, I do not take any girls that don't want to be there. You have to want to be there. My half is I will help the donkey, so to say. I will help the person. But if you're not willing, we're going to see another medrash on this. If you're not willing to help yourself, I'm not helping you. And we see that here from, a, from in the Torah. That by a donkey, if the, per, the owner doesn't want to help, you don't, you don't have to help him. So it's very beautiful what happens here. So now this guy you hate, probably for no reason. And now he needs help, so you help him. So he's wondering, this guy hates me. Why is he helping me? You're wondering, I hate him. Why am I helping him? Because the Torah says I have to, right? So he began talking to him. And he said, leave a bit here. Let's leave some on the side because it's too heavy. Raise some up here. Run over that side until he loaded it with him together. In conclusion, they made peace between themselves. And the guy that he helped says to himself, I would never believe that this guy ever hated me. Because look what he did. See how much compassion he had on me when I was having trouble with my donkey. As a result, they entered an inn and they ate lunch together. And they drank together until they became good friends. This is the meaning that Hashem says you establish fairness. Because Baruch Hu, by making this mitzvah of helping the friend, knows that in the end, they're going to become best friends. How do you fix your relationship with someone that you hate? You help them. If you help them, they're like, why is he helping me? He doesn't like me. Right, you help them, then you begin to you begin to become friends. You begin to talk. I said it many years ago. I got in trouble because I said it in a city, in, not New York, and the people thought I was like criticizing them, or whatever. They're like, "Who's this guy to come to whatever California and say what he had to say?" But I told the story, a beautiful story, it's a beautiful story. So there was these two brothers, and they got a Yerusha, they got a inheritance, a huge field, and. Um, one of them wanted to plant weed on the whole field and the other one wanted to f- plant oats. So they couldn't get together and they were fighting the whole time. So they made a, they made a deal. Okay, half the field is my field, I'm planting wheat. You, on your field, you're planting oats and they needed to make a separation. So there was this one brother, the one that was planting the wheat, who was like, well, hospital, how is he? Mom's anti his brother and he hated him because he, he, he didn't give him the whole field to do wheat. So he was going away for a few weeks and he, he hired a, a carpenter and he told the carpenter that um, I, I want you to build a wall across the whole field. My brother and his house will be on one side and my, I'll be on my side and that's it. So he said, how much wood do you need to buy to build this wall? It was across a long, long field. Bought a couple of truckloads of wood. This guy left. Okay. The owner of the field comes back like a month later. And there's no wall. There's a bridge from his field, from his house and his field, to his brother's house and his field. There's a bridge. So when he gets home, the brother, who they weren't talking to each other, who thought, oh my gosh, my brother's such a good guy that he loves me so much, he built a bridge. So he comes running from his side of the, of the field and runs across the bridge and he's I love you, I can't believe it. I wanted to, I would have also wanted to build a wall, but you love me even more than I love you, that you built this bridge. And his brother, ah, he wasn't going to say like, I was going to build a wall at that point, right? And they're hugging and everything's beautiful and there's peace. And now the carpenter who built the bridge comes to get his money. And he comes to the brother and he says, I came to get my money. Brother says, money, I'm going to pay you money. I told you to build a wall! And you built a bridge! You want me to pay you for that? And the carpenter turns to the brother and says, I'll tell you a secret. I used exactly the same amount of wood that I would have used to build the wall to build a bridge. And I said this in a town, and they were like, oh, what you, you're saying we don't get along? Whatever. They were angry at me for saying it. But it's such a beautiful story. 
the emotion, the energy and the emotion that you use for hate, the exact same amount of emotion and energy you can use for love. So it's not like he had to go out and buy more wood. He said, the wood that you gave me to build a wall, I ended up building a bridge. And we need to know that. We, that's, you know, it's, 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 we, we have all these walls that we gotta take down because it, it takes the same energy to love as it does to hate. Alright, now comes my favorite Medjish Tanchuma. I am so excited about learning this. It's the first time I ever saw this Medjish Tanchuma. So it's the first time I'm singing in a shear. But I love it. This is the following. The Pasik says, Leisisna esachicha bovavcha. You should not hate another Jew in your heart. Right? I might think, that doesn't mean hate. It means, Lo sistereno, lo sistereno. You shouldn't curse him. You shouldn't hit him. No. Tamalei bovavcha. No, the Torah is not talking about cursing or hitting. You're not allowed to besinish or believe. You're not allowed to hate someone in your heart. Now listen to this, guys. And I'm not scared, and I'm saying it publicly, and I'm not scared to say it. And I'm not scared to say anything anymore after I went to the Medjish How do you know that if you see some other Jew doing something wrong, that you must... Criticize him. You must rebuke him. How do you know? Talmud Leimah, this week's Pasha, I'm over there in Vayikra, Hecheach, Tchichach, Zami Hecheacha. Why did it say twice, Hecheach, Tchichach? Hecheach, Hecheach, Let's say you tell him what he needs to do right, right? You discipline him. But he doesn't accept what you say. Like, shut up. Don't tell me you had a daven. Don't tell me about Zumba. Don't tell me about, about, uh, what you call, um, dysfunctional ways of, of, of bringing up my children. Don't, don't you tell me what to do. So the Torah tells you, right? Twisted parenting. Don't tell me, don't get up and, and be negative about twisted parenting. How do you know that if the guy doesn't listen to you, you should tell him again? It says, it says a double ocean. Okay? Alright. What happens if his faith changes colors? You're embarrassing him. No. Don't embarrass him in public. But if he doesn't listen to you, you can say it again. Listen to this, guys. I would think that who could rebuke? Only a Rebbe can rebuke his Talmud. But how do I know that a Talmud will rabbi nayin? How do I know that if a student sees a Rebbe doing something wrong, that the, the, the student can tell the Rebbe? Not in public, but he can tell the Rebbe. Rebbe, there's a way to say it. You know, I think I learned once that you can't do that. Right? Doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what they are, doesn't matter the difference between you and them. If you see something wrong, you have to admonish. You have to have to discipline. You have to critical. You have to be critical. Now listen to this, guys. Listen to this, everybody. Oh, Hashem said it to me in the right time. Someone who fails to rebuke, someone who fails to give Musr, is held responsible for that very sin. So, if I thought that Zumba was wrong, and I felt the dance move and the music was wrong. If I felt that twisted parenting was wrong. But I don't want to get up and say anything because I just want everyone to love me. Because Baruch Hu will punish me for the same wrong that the people are doing because I did not say anything. All those who don't understand English, right? All those who don't understand English. And a person who doesn't Admonish from something that's wrong, mit pace by who avoid he will be punished for that sin. The Omamar, Komi Any person. This is the opposite of all the new modern discipline and, and, and twisted parenting and all this stuff. Okay? 
This is a medrash tanchuma. A person who has the ability to admonish the people in his house that are doing wrong things. They want to wear pants. They want to bring their boyfriends in. They want to eat unkosher. Whatever that kid wants to do. And you have the power to say something. And you don't. Nitpas al He is held responsible for all the actions of the members in his household. So you think you're being a nice guy and you're not telling what to do wrong and your kid's eating trafe and you could have stopped it and you could have said something but you didn't, you helped him eat trafe or you didn't say anything. You will be punished just like the person who's doing wrong. Okay? If you have the power to get up in, in a city and, and you have, you're, you're a rabbi, you have the power, you're on Torah anytime, you have the power to get to the people. And the city is sinning. And you're like, I don't want to mess with anybody. Everybody likes me. You know, I'm the rabbi. I don't want to lose my job, right? So if you don't, you are held responsible for the actions of the residents of the city. The whole city. Now listen to this. If you have the power to talk to the world, there's a camera, and you're on Torah anytime, or you're online, and you could say what you need to say to rebuke, to give Musr, and you don't. Nitpas al kuloi. You will pay for the whole world's sins. Wow! What a medrash tachuma! Wow! The Amar Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Chanina says, "Ksev Hashem b'Mishpat Yavoi im Ziknei Amar v'Sarav," that God will enter into judgment with the with the elders. Oh, the good convention speech. Ooh, let's listen to it again now. Let's listen to it again now. Hashem will enter into judgment with the elders of his people and his officers. Imsaru Khatu. If the 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 Saran, the officers sin, the Kanim Achatu, what did the Kanim do? What did the elders do? What did the head of Kaisro do wrong? They didn't do anything wrong. It was the Kanim Shalai Michu Bisarim, because they didn't they didn't tell the other people what to do. Listen to this. This is an unbelievable medrash. Listen to this medrash. Rabbi Yehuda Omarav. Maxiv, what it says. But Yoyma Hashem, a love. And Hashem said to them, Go into the city of Yerushalayim. And put the letter tough. Pass through the center of the city, through the midst of Yerushalayim, and mark a tuft on the foreheads of the men who are sighing and moaning for all the abominations that are done within it. There are tzaddikim Yerushalayim in the times of Yerushalayim, right? And the Kleisel was doing a lot of Averis, so the tzaddikim was sitting and crying. They were crying. There were so many Averis being done. There were so many tzaddikim, so many big people in our generation that are crying. Look what's going on in Kleisel. So Hashem said, put a tuff, the letter tuff on their heads. So Hashem said to the Malach Gavriel, Go and mark with ink on the foreheads of the tzaddikim, a tuff that's made out of ink. So the bad Malachim, the avenging angels, Shouldn't be able to touch them. They're going to see an ink tuft on a, on a man's forehead. That means that he's a tzaddik that the Malach Gabriel put it on there. And therefore, they'll leave him alone. But on the foreheads of the Rishoyim, tough shall dumb. Put a letter tuft made out of blood. When the Malach Gabriel will see the blood on their forehead, I guess it was like invisible blood, whatever, then they'll kill him. They'll take care of them. Okay, sounds fair, everybody? Good people, black, tough. Bad people, blood, tough. Malachim are going to come, they're going to kill all the bad people and save all the good people. 
What? No, it's a spiritual thing. It's like the blood they put on the door on Pesach. Only the Malachim could see it. You couldn't see it. So the Malach and Kabbalah could see it. It was a Malach Gabriel that put it there. Wasn't that a guy was running around because he could wash it off then and put a black ink one on there? It's it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual thing. But guys, there's in Shemayim there's justice. So the Midas Hadin came in front of Hashem. Said Shalom, I'm sorry. You're not going to save your tzaddikim. What's the difference? Said the said the Midas Hadin. This is an unbelievable Medjtanchuma. What's the difference between these and these? That one has blood and one has black and one has red. Oh my gosh, what are you saying? What are you what, what, what are you saying? Halolo tzaddikim gemurameim. The guys with the black tuff on their forehead. The tzaddikim, pure tzaddikim. Halolo rishon gemurim. And the guys with the red that we're going to be destroying, they're terrible rishon. Amalufanov. So the midas hadin said to God, The tzaddikim was supposed to give them musr, and they didn't. Said Hashem to the Midas Hadin, that's true. That's true. Am Allah, he said it to the Midas Hadin, law means that it's a lush in the keva. Hashem said, I know that if the tzaddikim would have gotten up and give them Musr, like Kimlu Mehem, they wouldn't have listened anyway. So therefore, they're only, they're, 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 they're gonna be saved. Listen to the answer the Midas Hadin, look what's going on in Shemayim. I went crazy when I learned this. Omar, the fun of the Midas Hadin said to God, you're right. It's true. Had the Tzaddikim gotten up and given them Musr, these guys were bad to the bone, they wouldn't have stopped talking in Shul. And they wouldn't have stopped doing what they were doing. You're right. He says, Lefanecha Galoi, you knew that. Lehemi Galoi, they didn't know that. So why didn't they get up and give Musr? It's right. You knew they wouldn't listen. But the Tzaddikim didn't know they wouldn't listen. So that's not, that's not an excuse, God. They gotta go down. They gotta go down with the, with the, with the bad ones. Chazav Omar. So he said, Zakeim Bacha Ubsula Vataf and Nashim Dahargo. Hashem said, the old people, the young people, the virgins, the babies, the women, all die. Everyone dies. If they could have given to Chacha and they didn't, everybody goes. This is what happened by the destruction of the base of Mikdash. Tahagul Amashis. They all be destroyed. You shall, you shall kill to utter destruction. Old men, young men, maidens, young children, women. But do not approach any man upon whom there is a tough. What about my base of Mingdash? So he says, don't work, don't read Mimikadashai, but read not my base of Mingdash, but but the the Sadiqim that have the tough. Why was it a tough? Why does Shem say put a letter tough? Because they were Sadiqim who learnt from Aleph to Tough, the good people, and the Risham did Averis from Aleph to Tough. So they both got a tough, the black tough which was the good ones, and the red tuff, which were the bad ones. Halamah, we learn from here, Shafil Tzaddik and Gemurim, that even the most perfect Tzaddik, this Pasam Adar, they're responsible for the generation, and if they don't do what they're supposed to, and they don't give them Musr, they will be cut off. Just like the bad people. That's why it says, I will cut away from you, Tzaddik Rasha. Why the Tzaddik? Tzadik Ashulay Micha Barasha. Why did they together tie Russia? Tzadik because he didn't give Musa to the Russia. They're saying I told Mike to be Yishayo, Melch Shinitvas al Doiroi. Yishayo, he said, um, he said, he said that everybody did Chuva and he was wrong. This famous story that I talk about and then on, 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 in the Kinnas in Tishabov and they killed him with 300 swords and he said to him, Yo, you're right. I didn't know. 
What they do is avoid the zero in the back of the, in the back of the thing. I got up three years ago, and I said, I want you to know, at the Gurdjieff convention, I said, I want you to know that there's something going on, and it's bigger than you think, and there are kids that are from, from families that are on their phones on Shabbos, and people laughed at me, and people said to me, you're just doing this because, because you want to make like, oh, now, you know, what you're doing, like everyone should be talking about it, and maybe supporting you, but it's not true from kids that are on their phones. You know what's going on today? Three years later, it's the biggest disease. Everybody's on their phones. How many kids from, from families, parents are broken, they saw their phone bill Friday night for two hours, Shabbos afternoon for two hours. Like Red Wallstein, how did this happen? I said it was happening. It was happening. Nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to realize it. 130 kids died in the past year and, and two months, two this week from overdoses of heroin and drugs. I said it was happening. Ah, only bad kids, good families, good kids. Suicide, overdose. That was Yishayol's mistake. And we always said, yeah, they look good on the outside. When they close the door, there's two halves of Avay Dezor that come together. They're showing Avay Dezor. We said, no, they're not showing Avay Dezor. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm not letting Paro come through. You let Paro come through. They killed him. They shot him with 300 arrows. As he's bleeding out and dying, Yishayol bends down. He says to you, I was wrong. Too late. We're going to wait till there's 300 arrows? It's too late. So listen to this. This is such a twist. I'm telling you, I, you know, I, I, I believe that I open a safe, I learn. There's a reason that we're learning this. There's messages. So he says, Meshachuma asks, So how much Musa do you give? A guy's talking about Shtavening, and you're like, shh, shh, and he's not listening to you. What's the limit of Musa? How much Tachacha do you give? And yeah, he says, Rav Omar, Rav says, Arakah! Sounds like until you hit him. You gotta beat him. But that can't be what he means. We'll see in a minute what he means. Shmuel Omar, Atklala! Till you curse him. Vyatan Alama, Adnazifa! I don't know what that means. Vyatan says, up until being reprimanded. Okay. That, one says you hit him one says you curse him one says you scream at him but that's not what's really going on here the Yosef says something amazing you should give a person Teichacha until he hits you until he hits you even if he says you say another word to me about how I dive in or what I'm doing with girls and all this stuff you say another word to me I promise you I'm going to punch you in the face Rob says Take the hit. Shmuel says, the guy says, if you tell me one more word, I'm going to curse you. I'm going to blank you. You blank this. How dare you tell me what to do? Take the curse. And Shmuel says, and Rabbi Yechonin says, if he's going to start screaming back at you and saying, well, you're no better than me. You do the same thing and he's reprimanding you. Take it. Yeah? Rab says, take a punch. The guy who's giving the musa, take a punch. Not punch the other guy. You take a punch. I took it once. With the guy in the land, I was with the phone. I took a punch to the face. I didn't think I was going to get a punch to the face. But I got punched out right in front of everybody. This guy was on his phone. He was, I remember like today, with Davening Myri, no, with Mincha. This kid standing in front of the Arnakosh, in front of the Arnakosh. He's on his iPhone. He's talking on his iPhone. And the guy behind him, this old man, He's like, no, put it down. It's middle of the middle of the shots. He's talking, the chaz is right next to him. He's standing in front of the Arnakaish. Straight in front of the Arnakaish. And this man comes over to him and says, Shnu, come on. And he just doesn't even look, he just keeps talking. And he just keeps talking. Another man goes over to him and says, No, he just keeps talking. So I walked up behind him. I took the phone. He wasn't ready, he was holding it. I grabbed it and I threw it across the room. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. And he just turned around and punched me full-fledged in the face. I didn't think that was going to happen. I wasn't ready for it. And I was going to have an all-out. Wallstein hockey. Everything was coming back. The blood was running. Okay, you want to go at it, kid? Let's go at it. And I just saw that I was standing for an Arakadosh. So I just stepped back. And I let him go across the hall to get his phone. I didn't hit, I didn't hit back because I was in shul. Uh, it was, that was harder than, than the punch. Not to hit back. 
You don't you don't swing in a shul. You don't swing anywhere, but you definitely don't swing in a shul. But he says here, if you have to take a punch, well, the guy's going to curse you. If it comes to something you know he's doing wrong, your job, give him a certain. I'm reading it from inside. This means that until one is being rebuked, the one being rebuked strikes the one who's rebuking him, take it. It means that he will scold him for rebuking him, take it. We learned this from Yonason, from the whole story of Yonason, and 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 Tara Rabbi. Rabbi says, where does he bring this down from? Shmuel, whatever. Rabbi says, What is the correct way that a man should choose for himself? You should love Musr. As long as there's Musr in the world, goodness will come to the world. Goodness will come to the world. Blessings will come to the world. Satisfaction will come to the world. Bad will run away from the world. said in the name of Yarnison, whoever rebukes his fellow for the sake of Hashem merits to be in the portion of Hashem. As it is stated, he rebukes a man after me for Hashem. I did that by the phone. Why was I upset? Because how can you use the phone of God? We'll find favor more than one who flatters with his tongue. More than the person who says what everybody wants to hear, and he's scared to talk about Zumba, and he's scared to talk about twisted parenting, and he's scared to talk about everything because he's going to get up, and people are not going to like him anymore. Wrong. Wrong. Hashem loves the one who gets up and says what he has to say. Again, it has to be without, without embarrassing. It has to be in the best way that you can. But if you have to take a punch for it, you have to take a punch. According to Rob. If you take a punch for it, you have to take a punch. The guy says, you say one more word, I'm going to punch you. You got a punch for it, you got a punch for it. I'll try, I'll try to block it, but... Wow! Is that so the opposite of what's going on in this generation? Not normal. Not normal. So, let's talk. We have another minute. How much, how long are we on the camera already? Huh? 52. Eight minutes. You ready for this? We're going to talk about Mashiach. We're going to talk about Yeshiv Mashiach. Listen to this. Let's not talk about the scary part. The generation that, that the son of that, that Mashiach will come. The young generation will embarrass the older. They will embarrass the elders until the faces of the older Tadikim will blush. And the older people will get up for the younger people. These are all the simanim of Mashiach. The Chabdam, to give them respect. You got to give the kid respect. If that's the way he wants to go, you got to give him respect. This is Mashiach. This is what he says. Because of the chutz of the generation to the Gaber that became so strong. They're not going to have any all on them. They're going to do whatever they want. This is this is Medrash Rabban Shirashirim. Okay, against the tzaddikim that are full of chachma, right? He says here, the young person is going to going to scream at the older person. Uben In the times of Mashiach. The, the son will have no embarrassment from his father. The Hamwais is piv to to open his mouth. And to make fun of his father's ways and his father's musa. You ready for this? Medrash Rabbah. Shira Shira. You think it's only gonna be the boys? You think it's only gonna be the boys? Medrash Rabbah, you know when this was written? The same Bahabas. 
the girls are going to do the same thing in the times of Mashiach. They're going to make fun of their ima, their mother, and the daughter-in-law is going to make fun of her mother-in-law. The anche bias her ish, and the and the and the family takashaleim like you lechway to lavoi him hachem loyloivim. He says instead of the kids giving honor to their parents, they're going to turn it to their enemies. Because of the chutzpah of the generation. And what I'm telling you, he says, This is what's going to happen before Mashiach comes. So in a way, it's something to be happy about. Because Rabbi Akiva was walking, and there were, there, were, there, were, there were foxes, and everybody was crying, and he was laughing. He said, why are you laughing? He says, because Zechariah, Hanavi said, that one day there will be foxes walking in the place in the base of Middash, where if the Kayin Gadol had one wrong thought, he burnt up like a, like a crisp. And there's going to be foxes walking there. And we're like, come on, how could that happen in the time of the base of Middash? But now that it happened, also the same Zechariah says that Moshe is going to come. So if this part happened, came true, then that part's going to happen that's going to come true. So yeah, it's very bad that we have a generation like this, but at the same time, it means that Mashiach's here. Always coming. Listen to this. this. is so unbelievable. Listen to this. In the times of Mashiach, Rav Naharai says, the Hamalchus Kulay to Hapech Leminois, and the the Malchus, the government, right, will turn to Minos. You know what Minos is? Atheism. That's what it means. The ain't Echeichos. And there'll be nobody giving Musr. That Mashiach's not going to come till the generation is going to have the, pay, the face of a dog. Levi says Mashiach's not coming. A dar that is so mechutzavdik that the mechav to be destroyed. If you see two generations in a row that they're mechutzifs and they're atheists, he says, get ready for the footsteps of Mashiach. What did he say right after that? Says the Mephirish on this Medrash. We'll end with this. What are Minim? What does this mean? Minus. Kaifrim. They will deny. They will deny the truth of the Torah and they will deny the relationship of Klai Yisrael with God. Ukiilu, it looks like that they may believe in Torah Shabbat, but Kaifrim, but Torah Shabbat, they all will not believe. Is that similarly Moshe Mashiach? The Einkei Chachos, and there won't be any Musr. Why? Ain't Lecha Adam Shiachal Lechiach. There won't be anyone left to give Musr. Shukulam Nachshalim Bechatois, because everyone's going to be full of sin. And when they give Musr, Amalah, they're going to say to him, Ata Kamayni, you're exactly like me. Mamish, what's going on? Mamish, what's going on? So on one hand, it's very sad. What's going on? All the chutzpah and the minus and kids run the world and you have to do whatever your kid wants and no boundaries and they want to do bad things. You have to do it with them and for them and all that. It's very bad. It's, a, it's already two diaries. It's not, it's not one door. It's not one generation. It's, it's already the little kids and the teenagers and a little older, older than that. Right, but he says here, when that happens, you know that Mashiach is here. So Baruch Hashem, Mashiach is here, and we should all be zayicha and never be scared again. You can't be a hypocrite. You can't talk by davening and tell someone not to talk by davening. You can't look at women and pictures and movies and then tell a guy, "How come you don't have shmiras and I am?" You can't do that. I told you this once, and I'll tell it to you again. Every neshama in this room. Every neshama, every one of you guys sitting here, knows exactly who I am. Not in your brain, not in your consciousness, but every single one of you knows 
what I do every day, what I talk about that, that I do or I don't do, because souls talk to each other. How do we know that? Because in the few cases that are documented in the books, where a soul took over a person's body, and there was one in the very well written about in the Chabad Chaim's time, there was one in the Rizal's time, the one thing about the Dibbuk is that anybody, there was one, one in Flatbush, I know a crazy story. It was a crazy story many, 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 many years ago. I was very close to Machlof Lasri. Machlof Lasri was the, the biggest Makubal in Eretz Yisrael. He was, um, he was Baba Sali. He used to write commands for Baba Sali. And he was very, very big. And there was a girl who had all the signs of a Dibbuk here in Flatbush. I'm going way back. And, um, there's certain signs, whatever, the eyes roll back, whatever it was. And so they asked some Rabbanim here in New York to go and try to get the Dibbuk to leave. And the first one that walked in, the Dibbuk's the, the in Neshama, he said everything. He said, Rabbi, when you speak, when you speak to women from your kahal, you're thinking all kinds of these thoughts. He read them like a, and the guy ran out. And every single person that walked in, he ripped them because Neshama see Neshamas. So he said to the Rabbanim that there are only two people I'm scared of in this world that could hurt me, that could get me out. One is Machlof in Israel, and one was the Rachmas Fiska here in Borough Park. Well, the Rimus was Rachmas Fiska at that time. Those two, he said, Rabbi Machlof doesn't, is not gonna, is, if, he, if he tries to get out of Eretz Yisrael, I'll be waiting for him. Because this neshama could not go into Eretz Yisrael. If you're in Chutzlach, you can't go into Eretz Yisrael. You're in Eretz Yisrael. So I'll be waiting for him. And the Rachman and the, the Rachman sister doesn't know anything about Gilgulim. So he, well, I'm not scared. I heard this from from Gershon Kaufman that Machlof wrote a Kamea, and he gave it to someone to come to carry to America. And that person, from when he received the Kamea until he put it on the girl's wherever he put it by the girl's head, wherever he put it, um, he wasn't allowed to talk. There's a story with the Arizal also. He sent someone to a kever to do a tikkun, and there was an Arab, and he wasn't supposed to talk. He spoke to the Arab. He came back, and the Arizal said the tikkun didn't work. So, for some reason, he's not allowed to talk. This guy went with another guy, because stewardess, all this uh, passport control, you gotta talk, right? So he talked for him, and he, and he said the story over Gershon Calvin that he went, he put the Kamea, he put the Kamea on the girl, and, um, she, like, screamed, her eyes were rolling, and the window shattered, and it was gone. And the Machluf wrote that Kameh. Whatever. It's a Gershon Kaufman story. That's what he told us. So what we do know from all the stories that the D-book sees any... You don't want to walk into that room because he's going to tell everyone whatever you did wrong. So all of a sudden nobody wants to walk into that room. But the Chavetz Chaim, Chavetz Chaim sent his Talmud and when he saw that it was coming from the Chavetz Chaim, the, the D-book had a lot of, a lot of Yira because from such a tzaddik could hurt him, could hurt the D-book. And he left. He left through her toe. It's a whole story. With a hole in the window. He used to say, who is, who is the Chavetz Chaim's Talmud? Rechana Wasserman. He used to say it over on Purim night. You know that? Every Purim night he said over that story. He was the one that the Chavetz Chaim sent. So, if a Dibuk, which is a Neshama, can see everything that you ever did, so your Neshama, which is even holier than a Dibuk, can definitely see everything. So if I get up, and I don't have Shemir Sinayim, and I give you guys a share on Shemir Sinayim, I give you the best stories and you walk out and you're like, wow, that's amazing, you know, and I'm going to change, I'm not going to look at anything anymore. You will. You will. Because in the end, your neshama knows that while it's full of baloney. It's sort of, you're getting polluted water. And if you're getting polluted water, you're going to get sick, you're not going to get well. So the person who's giving the Muslim has to be clean. So if you're talking about Davide, you can't ask someone else not to talk about that. You can try but in the end, he's going to keep talking with that one. Even if he stops for a day or two, he's going to relapse. The person has to be very careful that he works on himself on the things that he talks about. If you talk Lashon Hara, and you get up and give a whole speech on Lashon Hara, it's, it's going to, it might work for a day or two or three, they'll walk out, but it will not stand. Because your neshama knows that I'm a liar. That I'm telling you to do something that I'm not doing. Now, what, what I get questions on this a lot is, so, so one second, Rebbe. I had a problem with talking about davening, and I'm still challenged, but I can't tell the guy next to me not to talk about davening, even though I do. So if you're working on it, 
and you're trying, then his soul knows that you're working on it, you're trying, it'll listen. But if you're not trying and you're not working on it, and you're just telling everyone else, Shah, it ain't gonna work. They talk to each other. They they see each other, they know each other. And that's what it means. What does that mean? What I talk goes into your brain. Right? No. No. What I talk, you hear in your head, whatever. But what's coming out goes into your soul. It's soul to soul. So, when you, when, before you give, Hocheach to Hocheach, right? There's a very beautiful shot on that. Hocheach is you. Hocheach, give yourself Musa, then to Hocheach. Then you can give someone else Musa. But first you gotta fix you. Hocheach, then to Hocheach. We should all be zaycha to, uh, to see Mashiach. We have all the signs, so now we need, uh, now we need him to reveal himself. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.